Hey everybody, this is Vicki. This is probably going to be one of the hardest messages I've ever had to deliver. I've been uh, praying about it for five or six days now. It's uh, just for a point of reference, today's June 26, 2022. And I have felt a lot of the anger of the Lord about this topic. I'm going to ask you, as I always do, please pray. Anyway, I always try to remember to ask you. I hope that you're doing that without me even having to ask you. Please pray. Ask Father if these are his words, because you know there are a lot of people out there mocking the words of God, and that's really so dangerous. So please just pray and ask Father if this is uh, his voice speaking today. I one of the things that I have wrestled with was I just kept asking, am I supposed to write this down? And and finally today he said, no, you talk and another will write. And uh, so that's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to tell you the things he's been saying and, and, uh, and also, I don't even know if I said it because there's so much going on in my head right now. Pray, 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 pray. Ask Father, are these his words? And not just are these his words, but are these his words for you? Um, I'll tell you right now that uh, this, this word is not for everyone. It is absolutely not for all of the followers of Christ. But there is right there the caveat. If you are a follower of Christ, this is not yours. If you claim to be a follower of Christ, but you're doing the things Father's going to talk about in this message, then you are not following Christ. So, uh, so for all of you who are always willing to just beat yourself up about whether or not you're doing something awful and the enemy is able to easily cause you to do that, it's like he stands there with a big baseball bat and instead of beating you over the head with it, he hands it to you and says, here, beat yourself up. I would say to you that the Lord says, you just follow him, leave the judgment to him, repent when you need to, and when you have repented, let go, turn away, genuinely be sorry for what you've done, turn away and turn and follow God. But for those who believe they're following him and you are guilty of these things, I'm going to say it one more time because Father is so serious about this in this hour. And I have a number of references of scripture that will talk about this subject. I encourage you to go read them and see if any of them apply to you. So before we start, I am going to pray and I invite you to join me. Father, I thank you so much for this day, for the things you're doing and all of the things you have said and how you continue to speak to your people in scripture, yes, but also to us today, directly to your people today. I thank you and praise you for that, God, that you don't require that the only place we hear you is through scripture because you loved your people so much you spoke to them then, but you don't love us any less. And you speak to us today just as you spoke thousands of years ago. Thank you that we have the record to be able to hold those things we hear up to your word, to know if who we are hearing is you. But God, thank you so much also 
that you will speak to us directly. So, so today, as I, as I get into this message, and Father, even the people that are going to be upset because of the, um, oh God, help them, because of the way I deliver the message, help them see what they need to see about themselves. Help them know what they are doing. I thank you and praise you for everything you're doing. I thank you for your words. And God, even though I don't know all you're going to say, I am so aware of your heart in, on this issue. And I pray, Father God, that there will be much repentance by those who are guilty of these sins. There will be absolute repentance and turning away and a turning to you as never before. And I thank you and praise you, Father God, for your goodness and your mercy, because you are merciful. In the name of our Savior, Yeshua, Hamashiach, Jesus the Christ, the Word of God, the Word made flesh. Thank you, Father. Amen. For however many years it's been, people have mocked. They have mocked God. They have mocked him by mocking those he sends, his prophets, any messenger he sends in any way, even if it's someone who's not a prophet, but someone who has the words of God given to them by God in a message, in a dream, in a vision, or just on their lips in the moment. The mocking is evil, and it's of your father, the devil, and unless you repent, you will live with, the fa with your father, the devil, throughout eternity. I'm not even allowed to sit to deliver this message to you, Father said, stand. I'm going to read some scripture, and then I'll get into some of the things that I've been hearing him say. And please make notes if you, if you need to. The first one is going to be out of Luke 22, uh, verses 62 to 64. Now, as the men who were holding Jesus in custody were mocking him as they beat him, they also blindfolded him and kept asking him, Prophesy, who is it that struck you? And Mark 10, 34 says, And they will mock him and spit on him and flog him and kill him. And Mark 15, 20 says, and when, the, when they had mocked him, they stripped him of the purple cloak and put, on his own, put his own clothes on him, and they led him out to crucify him. Mark 15.31 says, So also the chief priests with the scribes mocked him to one another, saying, He saves others. He cannot save himself. And Galatians 6.7 says, Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man or woman sows, that he will also re reap. 
And that includes our words, God, uh, guys. That includes our words. God told me that's including your words. You will reap what you sow. If you are sowing doubt and unbelief and discord in, in the lives of other people, if you are intentionally turning people away from the words of God through whatever venue or avenue he chooses to use, you're going to reap your words. I know there are a lot of false prophets out there. I know there are a lot of people saying things they shouldn't be saying and doing things they shouldn't be doing, but our Father God is warning us in this hour in many, many, many ways. He keeps warning us. He keeps telling us of things that are coming and even many of those things that are here. And yet still the mockers and the scorners and the unbelievers, the doubters turn their eyes away and say, no, no, no. It's always been this way. From the beginning, we've been hearing about how this and this and this was going to happen. It's always been going on. It's always been going on. And not only are those people stumbling, they are causing people who hear them to stumble. They are like the scribes and Pharisees that Jesus talked about when he said, you white tombs, you vile vipers, you, you, you who, dead men's bones, you're just, oh, he said, you, you're just whitewashed tombs walking around. He said, not only do you not enter the kingdom of God, but you cause others to stumble. And people don't realize that when we are mocking God, we can do it in a lot of different ways. We can do it by taking the message that, that Father sends, and we can use words like, well, that's just doom and gloom. Isn't that a big one, you guys? Don't you hear that a lot? Doom and gloom, doom and gloom. Well, my response, and I believe Father God's response to that is, get in your Bible, get in your scriptures, and see the doom and gloom that he talks about that goes on and on and on, and how there is more coming, and there it will continue to come until his return. Don't belittle the message of God because you are afraid of the doom and gloom, or because you don't want to believe it, because you want to keep your happy little life that you're living. You don't prepare for things that are coming. You don't prepare spiritually. You don't prepare physically. You don't prepare emotionally. For whatever your reason is, if it's because you are afraid to face what's coming, let me tell you something. Your fear will not stop what is coming. Your fear will not stop what is already going on. You're turning your eyes away and pretending like it doesn't exist or won't happen in your lifetime is not going to stop what is not just coming, but what is already here. The Lord's reminding me of the scripture where he says men's hearts will fail them with fear because of what they see coming on the earth. Well, let me tell you something, you guys. You who mock and scorn the words of the prophets, which are really and truly the words of the Lord God Almighty, or you who, who mock and scorn because you don't even believe there are prophets today. First of all, you don't even believe scripture, so stop saying you do. If you believe that there are no prophets out there today, yeah, there are false ones, but there are true prophets of God, and he's using them, and he's speaking to them, and just like all through scripture, the prophets are being stoned for their words.
this doom and gloom that so many people are afraid of, so much of it is already happening. And people will say, mockers will say, well, it's always been happening. They've always been beheading people. They've always been starving people. There have always been famines. Well, here's what God told me four or five days ago, and I've known this for years because he's told me for years, and many others who hear his voice have heard the same thing. It is coming to your soil. It is coming to your soil. It's not just on the other side of the world, in another country, in another nation. Y'all know I'm in the United States. Y'all know this nation is a mess. And there is so much rebellion going on in this nation. And I find it really interesting that once again, just before, just before this whole thing with uh, the overturning of the abortion law occurred, just a day or two before, God started talking to me about this. And he started with telling me this thing that we're seeing now with the mocking and the scorning God. You're not mocking the prophets. You're mocking the Lord God Almighty. When he sends to warn his people, you are mocking the Lord God Almighty. I have to turn my microphone down. I think I'm just distorting it all over the place. I'm right on top of it. You guys... Unless you repent, you will not be in the kingdom of heaven. You will not, because you are causing people to stumble. And not just yourself, but those that you will. You know, you, we're called. We are called to be the watchman on the wall, to warn the people of what's coming. We are called to prepare. But when you turn your eyes away and you continue in your worldly pleasure because it's the place where you feel safe and you think if you just do that, everything's going to be okay. That's like a little kid hiding under the covers on the bed thinking that the monster under the bed can't get them. The problem is the monster under the bed is real. And Father's about to unleash and allow that to come into your neighborhood, into onto your soil because because of the unrepentant, proud, arrogant. Unbelievers that claim to be in the body of Christ. We have not done what we were supposed to do. And not only have we not done it, we continue to not do it. Because we want to keep our happy little safe place all around us. What if God's telling you to get ready because he wants to send people to you for you to for you to love and teach and nurture and help in the days that are ahead. But you have got your head so far down in the sand, you refuse to pull it out. And look, you sit as a doubter and a scorner and a mocker of God to those who are calling out and saying, God said, get ready, prepare your life. And so you will not be ready. And you will not be able to, to help as you would have been able to help had you gotten over this stupid, scorning, mocking, hateful attitude. 
all through Scripture. They mocked and scorned and killed and cut in half and boiled in oil and did all kinds of and threw into prison and did all kinds of unclean things to the prophets of God. And they are still, you who are the mockers, are still doing it today. And you think you're just doing it to people. And I think that's one of the biggest things God wants to get across to you. You're not doing it to people. You may be saying it to people, but you are mocking God. And he will not be mocked. It makes no difference how many prayers you've said. It makes no, no difference how many times you have tried to do nice things and done, you know, how much money you've put in the, in the church or what. It doesn't matter how many times you've attended a service or raised your hands and praised or played, played, played beautiful music for God or sung his praises in the assembly. It makes no difference. When you mock God, when he says something and you mock him, you are in danger of hellfire unless you repent. I don't think anybody, really, in our flesh, I don't think any of us who deliver words from God are looking forward to the stuff that's coming. And especially when we've seen as much as we've seen. And we know things we cannot say, not yet because of what it will do to people who are not prepared. And so God in his great wisdom and his love and mercy and compassion delivers his word and he does it in his way and in his time. But the things that some of us have seen, the things that some of us know are coming, you better get ready. You better stop mocking God through his prophets, through his servants, whoever they are. Take every message to him, absolutely. But stop thinking it's doom and gloom to say these things are coming and not just coming, they're here. Open your eyes. Look around. Tell me this is the same nation, whichever nation you're in. Tell me it's the same nation it was five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 40 years ago. Tell me that because I know it's not. The hard part, and this has really been the hard part for me about bringing this message, is the knowledge that people will stand in one of two places. Oh, sorry, Lord. One of three places. They will either continue to mock and not change a thing. And this will only make them angrier. Or they will repent. And I know there are a lot of people that would say, no, no, the ones that are followers of God, they would not do that. Oh, yes. Yes. The followers, those who love the Lord and don't realize what they're doing and don't want to be doing the wrong thing that will hear this message. This is my great prayer is that they will wake up, that they will join their brothers and sisters in Christ who are 
who are preparing themselves mentally, spiritually, physically, in every way to be a blessing, to be completely available to God, that they'll get off their couches and out of their games and off of their phones and out of their TVs, and they will get into this war with us instead of pretending like there isn't one because we've always seen bad things happen. And as a result of that, the third thing would be that the army of God that he is building on this earth, the ones he's calling to stand in righteousness and holiness and obedience and to come out of doubt and unbelief and skepticism and scorn and mocking, will join with their brothers and sisters in Christ and begin to do the work that so desperately needs to be done now. The work in prayer and the work in physical obedience, whatever that is. The work in the relationship that they should be having with Christ. Whereas before they always felt like a prayer here and there was sufficient. They will dive in wholeheartedly and come alongside those who realize that the whole body of Christ is necessary every part is important. I'm going to read scripture that he gave this morning. And I am in a very familiar, famous chapter in the book of Hebrews. And this is a reminder, you know, <clears throat> before I read that, I just want to mention a, a verse in James second chapter where he says, you say you believe, well, the devils, the demons also believe and they tremble. You've made yourself like the devil. So saying you believe in God is not sufficient. It is not sufficient. And Jesus never said it was sufficient. <clears throat> so here we are in Hebrews chapter 11. Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. For by it the people of old received their, their commendation. By faith we understand that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things that are visible. By faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice than Cain, through which he was commended as righteous, God commending him by accepting his gifts. And through his faith, though he died, he still speaks. By faith, Enoch was taken up so that he should not see death, and he was not found because God had taken him. Now before he was taken, he was commended as having pleased God. And without faith, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. By faith, Noah, being warned by God concerning events as yet unseen, in reverent fear constructed an ark for the saving of his household. By this, he condemned the world and became an heir of the righteousness that comes by faith. 
By faith, Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance, and he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise, for he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. By faith, Sarah herself received power to conceive, even when she was past the age, since she considered him faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. These all died in faith, not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. For speak, people who speak thus make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. If they had been thinking of that land from which they'd gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. But as it is, they desire a better country, that is, a heavenly one. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. By faith Abraham, when he was tested, offered up Isaac, and he who had received the promises was in the act of offering up his only son, of whom it was said, though through Isaac shall your offspring be named. He considered that God was able even to raise him from the dead, from which, figuratively speaking, he did receive him back. By faith, Isaac invoked future blessings on Jacob and Esau. By faith, Jacob, when dying, blessed each of the sons of Joseph, bowing in worship over the head of his staff. By faith, Joseph, at the end of his life, made mention of the exodus of the Israelites and gave directions concerning his bones. By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden for three months by his parents because they saw that the child was beautiful, and they were not afraid of the king's edict. By faith, Moses, when he was grown up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to be mistreated with the people of God than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. He considered the reproach of Christ greater wealth than the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking to the reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not being afraid of the anger of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is invisible." By faith, he kept the Passover and sprinkled the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn might not touch them. By faith, the people crossed the Red Sea as on dry land, but the Egyptians, when they attempted to do the same, were drowned. By faith, the walls of Jericho fell down after they had been encircled for seven days. By faith, Rahab the prostitute did not perish with those who were disobedient because she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. And what more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, or of David and Samuel, and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, were made strong out of weakness, became mighty in war, and put foreign armies to flight. Women received their dead back by resurrection. Some were tortured, refusing to accept release so that they might rise again to a better life. Others suffered mocking and flogging and even chains and imprisonment. 
They were stoned. They were sawn in two. They were killed by the sword. They went about in skins of sheep and goats, destitute, afflicted, mistreated, of whom the world was not worthy, wandering about in deserts and mountains and in dens and caves of the earth. All of these, through though commended through their faith, did not receive what was promised, since God had provided something better for us, that apart from us they should not be made perfect. Whose side do you want to be on? If you are a mocker or a scorner, if you are a doubter, if you are an unbeliever, whose side do you want to be on? You can't have your feet in both camp. You cannot beat up your brothers and sisters in Christ. And if you're an unbeliever and you've heard this message, I challenge you. Review your life. See what in it is worthy of being able to be with the creator of everything. And know that there is only one way to be with him. And that comes by the salvation that was paid for you by Jesus Christ, Yeshua, Hamashiach, the risen eternal, only begotten Son of the living God. This message has very much been for those who continue to mock and scorn, who continue to say, no, nothing bad is coming. Nothing bad is going to happen. And if it's fear that's driving you, let me tell you something. Fear, that fear is not of God. And he even said, the fearful will not inherit the kingdom. Because the fearful won't do anything but hide and try to protect themselves, you guys. That's why. And if you're mad because you see what's going on, and you feel cheated out of the life that you would like to be living, well, then you are not. You are not one of God's kids. You're not here for your own pleasure. God didn't create you so that you would just be here doing whatever you feel like doing and ignoring the things that he has created you for to be a worshiper of him, to give your life over completely to him. There are so many people sitting on the fence right now thinking they're saved thinking they're going into the kingdom of heaven. And God says it's a lie. It's a huge, huge lie. We want to be, especially in Western culture, we have this wicked belief system, and we have spread it around the world now that God only wants you to be prosperous, that he only wants you to be happy, that he wants you to have a good life. Well, my question for those who believe that lie is this. How can you read throughout scripture how God's people were, were treated, not in the on, only in the Old Testament, but in the New as well, and justify your belief that God wants you to have a good life here right now. He did come to give us life, more abundant life. 
But what does that mean? Does that mean that you should have all of the things you desire and every pleasure, worldly pleasure that you're hungry for? Are you seeking the lusts of the flesh and the lusts of the eyes and the pride of life? Is that what you want? Is that why you don't want to have to go through anything? Is that why you scorn and mock when he sends messages through his people? Is that why you won't pick up the book and read the book? Is that why you think you're just going to get snatched out of here and not have to go through anything hard? Let me tell you something. Jesus didn't get snatched up off the cross. He didn't get to the cross and then God said, okay, that's it. You can come on up here now. And if you want to point to him and say, well, he was the son of God, let's just look at a few other people in scripture, shall we? What about the apostles? What about all of the disciples of Christ who followed him right to their death, into lion's dens, into every kind of thing throughout the ages? And suddenly, suddenly, and even to this day, are giving their lives, who are living in abject poverty, who are watching their children be murdered in front of their eyes, who have, who have found how many children do we know, and we don't even know the count of the number of children who have been taken and who are being sexually, physically abused, molested, and penetrated by adult men. You tell me that doom and gloom is for some time in the future. You tell your Father God in heaven, you just want everything to be okay. It'll go back to normal. He's going to look at you and tell you what he's been saying to me for days. I will bring it to their soil. I will bring the doom and gloom to their soil. God help us. So repent repent. You're not guaranteed one more minute on this earth. Those things that you are so afraid of, remember what scripture says. The thing that I have greatly feared has come upon me. Stop being afraid. Stand up. Get into the battle. Rebuke the enemy. Cast him out of your life. Stop thinking about your own flesh and your own selfishness and what you want. And ask God what he wants. Ask God how he would use you in this hour. I know when I end this, I'm going to think of a thousand other things to say, but I feel like this is probably just about all Father has for me. Father, is there anything that I'm missing? Yeah, there is. Thank you, Lord. Okay. He gave me another scripture. It's in Second Chronicles chapter 36, verses 15 through 16. And this comes after the all of these evil kings kept being put in power, put in power, and the people were rebellious. The people were rebellious. The people of God, the people of the nation that God had chosen, had set apart, had called for himself, were rebellious and continued to rebel. And in Second Chronicles, Second Chronicles 36, 15 and 16, it says, The Lord, the God of their fathers, sent persistently to them by his messengers, because he had compassion on his people and on his dwelling place. But they kept mocking the messengers of God, despising his work and scoffing at the prophets, until the wrath of the Lord rose against the people. 
until there was no remedy. Today is a day for us to fall on our faces and repent, to ask God to show us what we need to see about ourselves. And if you are in a place where all you are ever receiving is the mocking and the scorning, get away from there. God has people he's calling you to. And let the dead bury their dead. Let the ones who are dead in their faith, who are dead in their churches, let the churches that are, oh my God, the churches that are preaching lies, so many lies, let them burn to the ground. Come out of her, my people. That's what I hear God say right now. Come out of her. Come out of the denominations, the non-denominational churches. Come out of the false fellowships that claim to love me and they sit and they gossip and they lie and they mock and they scorn and they do nothing. Come out of it. God will have a holy people. I've been mocked even for those words. He will have a holy people. You bet he will. He said in scripture, I am a holy God and I will have a holy people. And he said, the road is narrow. It's very narrow, you guys. But if you want to stay on the path that's wide and broad, that leads right straight to hell, it's truly your loss. All of these things, the thing, the thing I know about is about God is that just like he said in this last verse, I last two verses I read to you, the Lord God of their fathers sent persistently to them by his messengers because he had compassion on his people. Because he has compassion on us today, he warns us to come out of our sin. Because he has compassion on us today, he says, wake up, wake up, wake up. Because he has compassion on his people today, he says, these are the things that are coming and are even now at your door and will very soon be on your doorstep, on your soil, America and every other nation in rebellion against me. These things are coming to your soil. We better wake up, guys. I love you. I know this is going to raise all kinds of good. I hope it does. I want to hear, I want to read comments in the comment section. I know there are people that are going to come and, and say stuff that will be a blessing and possibly those who will not. And just know that if you're hateful in your remarks, I'm going to delete them. I don't have time or room for that. And the brothers and sisters in Christ who are already being mocked and scorned because of their faith, because of their obedience to God, because you don't understand it or you don't agree with it. You mockers and scorners and doubters and unbelievers. I'm not going to let this be a platform where you're allowed to spew your vomit because God is calling a people and he's calling a people to be holy. We cannot do it without him. We've been set apart by God. Are we going to walk in that set apart place? I love you guys.